And welcome to episode number eight of Bird Noises, an Atlanta Falcons podcast about football and mostly everything else. And today we are joined by that former Falcons receiver and media personality slash analysts slash rising TV star slash singer slash singer. If you have, well, you have to plug your Instagram account, Harry Douglas, Harry slash well, bodybuilder. Oh, Harry, welcome to Bird Noises. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm 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 honored to be here in Bird Noises. Yeah, I, got I love the name of the podcast. Okay, I was just going to ask you. Is it- <laughs> Dan Gad is going to the uh, digital director is going to love you for that. So, <laughs> so you have this reputation of being very outspoken, brutally honest. Speak your mind. No filter. No filter. That's good because we love brutally honest people here. Um, I'm just gonna you. You just said it. You you love the name bird bird noises. It's one of a kind. You know you know what I mean because when you come into a podcast, uh, when I came in here just now, the last thing I, I, I thought the name of the podcast was gonna be was bird noises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that I have it, I love it, and I'm gonna have some fun with it this entire time that we are on the podcast. So are you ready to have a great time? I'm ready to go. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know that, right? That's right. That's that's a great point. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. So now that we got that stuff out of the way, and you we we talked about uh, what you're doing these days, uh, life in the media. You're doing a lot. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're uh, working with our radio partner now, uh, Falcons Radio Network, doing the pregame and postgame show with uh, Paul Crane. Yes, I am. And you just started doing that this summer. I'm fresh. I'm a newbie. You can call me Nunu. Hey, we're all... All right. Well, I'm a Nunu then, too. Um, <laughs> and then you also do this cool show called The Rankings Reaction for ESPN Digital, which airs every Tuesday, I believe, right? Yes, it does. And it's with Jason Fitz, Mike Gold Jr., Ellie Duncan, and Christine Williamson, and I'm probably leaving out somebody else. Mike Foss. Okay. And I watched at least one or two of these on your Twitter feed, um, but it's on... Where can people watch it? Um, you can watch Definitely it. On it's Twitter, a, right? uh, on the ESPN um, digital platform link. Uh, ESPN, okay. everything ESPN. Just go to ESPN their Twitter, okay. their platform, and you can see uh, all the things that they have for social media. Okay. They have Twitter. You have Snapchat with ESPN. All those things are oh, you're uh, on there too. Okay. Great things that that you can view okay. from ESPN. Okay, um, how that show looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it it's a ton back. of fun. Yeah, tell just real quick. I mean, what what's you guys are reacting to the rankings? Well, the number one thing it's sponsored by Cheez Its. I love Cheez Its, so I get to eat as many Cheez Its as I want. (laughs) Did you bring any? uh, No, I I had some on the plane, but I ate them. See, the bag was empty. I couldn't bring an empty bag. Where where do you go? Where do you film that? Um, We do it at Golick's house, Mike Golick Jr.'s house. Okay, up in Bristol. Yes, up in Connecticut. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. So that's a lot of fun. So you just flew in from Bristol? I literally just got here today at one thirty For Bird Noises? Ah! For Bird Noises podcast? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that means yes. When yeah, I do okay. the noise, oh, that okay. means yes. Okay. This is going to be funny to listen to. Uh, did I leave anything else out that you're currently uh, um, doing or into? This weekend, I get to do the college football show. Oh, wow. Um, for it's another thing that they do on Twitter. That's amazing with Trevor Scales. Uh, he's the host, the main host for that. And I got to experience uh, the countdown to game day this past weekend in Waco, Texas. That's awesome. So that was amazing, being able to work with David Pollock, Pat McAfee, um, Jason Fitz, and Mike Golan again also. So that was a – I was that added another dimension to my grind level. Yeah. After doing countdown to game day and being around the game day crew, Yeah. It made me want to work. I'm already a hard worker, yeah. and I take everything serious that I do. But it gave me a, another sense of motivation like to like keep going harder, arm. keep going harder. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, so you're just kind of you're working at your craft. Uh, I'll tell you, you mentioned Pat McAfee. That's my guy. But we, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. While trying to become something we can never become perfect, yeah. you become great. That's awesome. I that, that that's that's great. Uh, great See, I speechless, speechless. You almost was. You was almost speechless. <laughs> See, well, you you brought we'll up Pat McAfee here today on the podcast. We're gonna talk Louisville. Bird noises is in the building, baby. I gotta ask you. Um, when you we'll get into Louisville, but you mentioned Pat McAfee. Did you play the same I, time? I played against him. 
when I when I was in Tennessee, I think I may have played against him while I was here in Atlanta. I can't remember, but I know okay. I definitely played against him while I was in Tennessee. Okay, but not college though. He's older, right? No, no. I'm 35. Okay, how old's? But we all know black doesn't crack. So I look young. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, Mac, well, McAfee went to West Virginia. That's yes, where I, I went to school there. So that's why I'm a big Take fan me too. home to a place I belong. It's a little off, but it's well, good. It's okay. It's a, you understand West where I'm coming Virginia. from. Yeah. <laughs> Country roads. So you know, you want to know how I learned that song, though? When we used to play West Virginia and, and practice and preparing for West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, our coach would literally put speakers out for crowd noise, and Bobby, the crowd noise Bobby Petrino, correct? was the Country Road song. Yep. And and uh, Craig Oglethorpe, was it? Craig Thorpe. Craig Thorpe. Yep. Oh, I, I butchered his name. You did more than butcher it. Yeah, I did. Um, you used a chainsaw. But I'll tell you what, you guys, when Petrino was at Louisville, you guys gave West Virginia fits. Dynamite! Yes. We had that unremark- uh, remarkable uh, Thursday night game. I never mm. forget it. We were ranked fifth. They were ranked third. Yes. Um, we beat them that night. Did you guys wear all black or all, all white that black. night? All black. All black, and we were in, in my Plies voice. I remember that game. It was brutal. But then it was saddened by the following week on a Thursday night. I don't know who schedules people back-to-back Thursday night games. We lost to Rutgers, and that killed oh, that and makes demolished me feel a little bit better. our national championship <laughs> hopes. <laughs> Because oh, you guys wow. broke my heart that night. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so you're, it's safe to say you're pretty comfortable, though, even though you're a new-new. Uh, you're pretty comfortable in front of a camera, yes? I'm not shy whatsoever. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I think you, I don't know where you want to go, how far you want to go back here. I don't know the extent of your TV experience, but I do know that you were uh, a star uh, on HBO's Hard Knocks back in uh, 2014. Uh-oh. Yes. You know what's crazy? That's how... Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little hard knocks for that, a second. That's how I actually got noticed <laughs> for a lot of things. I was going to ask you that because... My personality was... and working with the film crew and I had those people laughing day in and day out. Well, like I'm every gonna, day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fess up and say that I hadn't watched all of Hard Knocks until I was getting ready for uh, this interview. And uh, there are two scenes in particular <laughs> that I want to ask you about. I already know where you're going with this. I'm sure you do. You sly devil, you. So I just, you know, when you walked into the studio, it, it, it kind of smelled pretty nice, like powdery. Nice. Mm. Almost like. Poppy, what's under my arms right now? <laughs> mm. Do you still wear secret? To this uh, day, I still wear secret. You want to know why? Because, because it's it strong good, enough for men. But made mm. for a woman. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just don't like the way men's deodorant smells. It gives you that. That's. It gives you that. Careful, there go sponsorship deals. Not careful. Fresh feel. So careful. Secret is my thing. All right. Well, maybe Secret will sponsor you one day. I think they should. They I think they a, should send me a lot in the mail too, because I spend a lot of money on Secret every year. Maybe they'll make a men's deodorant. Here's your pitch. Strong enough for men. And made for a man, too. Well, I'm good for... I, I love what I have right now, though. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfecto. Um, and there's another scene, too, that... Uh, I'm, You know, I'm, I'm, I think it's great that you're still wearing secret, by the way. Um, there's another scene where what, you guys are bowling. What possibly could you be talking about? You're bowling My- with Julio and Roddy. <laughs> and they are busting your chops because you were polishing a house ball. No. And then I hit him. I, sh- I struck their ass up. Uh, when I, when so I rolled can, that strike. We have beeps here, so that's good. Just speak. And then, unfiltered. you know, I, I, once, I, once it comes off my hand a certain way, yeah. I don't even have to look at the ball. You see, I turned around just like, while I was still rolling. Yeah, it's and I like, was like, strike him up. It's like shooting a three and start walking down Steph the court. Curry the other style way. as I shimmy. Shimmy. Too bad you didn't shimmy in that scene. <laughs> Um, they were on your case pretty hard though for polishing that ball. Those are my brothers, man. They're all we, we're always on each other's case. <laughs> but it's great when you can be so close with guys that you play with. Yeah. And I always tell people when you have when you play with these guys, the relationships is always bigger than football. Yeah. You play the game of football. Football is temporary, but the relationship that you build and that you that you carry out um, outside of football mm-hmm. that you make within football, those are for a lifetime. Well, most of your time is. Here in the practice facility, in the meeting rooms, out on the practice field, traveling, and then you got a game on Sundays. But you literally spend more time 
And I tell people this all the time. If you're dedicated to things that you want, and Tony Gonzalez taught me this. He was like, if you want to be the best at whatever you're doing, yeah. um, sometimes your family has to take a backseat. Mm. That's one thing I'll never forget Tony taught me. And my wife is, I think, amazing and the best in the world because she understands that whenever I'm doing something, I'm mm -hmm. going to put my all into it. Mm -hmm. And she plays off of it. And she, she's the, the only person I could have married, the only person I feel like I could have been with. She is 100% the reason why this household goes. That's awesome. You got you. How long you been married? If you don't mind me asking. Six years. Wow, congrats. Uh, kids. We have two. We have awesome. a three-year-old daughter named Harrison, Harrison, who acts just like her daddy. He's she's a daddy's girl, so that <laughs> definitely means she's hyper, outgoing, and outspoken. I love it. And then we have a son that he's just turned four months. Oh wow! And he's Baby. Harry Douglas the fifth. Oh wow! Congrats, man. That's Had awesome. Had to keep it going. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. Um, so you had mentioned, you know. A lot of people started noticing your personality and hard knocks and stuff like that. Did that? Did you actually get more popular? Did was there fallout from that? Did people kind of become Harry Douglas fans after that? Did you? Did anything weird happen after uh, those? A lot scenes? of people did. A lot of people. Um, I would see people out and they'd be like, "Hey, I, I wear secret deodorant too." That's so funny. Hey, I love your bowling style. Oh, you're outgoing. You just say whatever. That's awesome. I do. I say whatever, but at the same time, I don't. You know, cross the line. Yeah. There's always a line that you don't probably need to cross sometimes, so, yeah. but it's okay. I think I do a great enough job towing the line. It's okay to cross. As my the line wife would tell me, yeah, okay, <laughs> and my mother. <laughs> um, that's great. Did anybody kind of give you crap though? Did anybody kind of say like to try to insult you? Like a lot of people did. Yeah, a lot of people did. Fans but, or teammates? Did, uh, uh, no, teammates? no, no teammates. My okay. my teammates, they they understand my personality mm -hmm. and the way I'm built, man. Listen, I I believe what I believe in, mm -hmm. and if no one else understands that or like it. Mm -hmm. That's not my problem. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't lose sleep over it. You don't waste energy over it. No, I'm gonna go to sleep at night and still wake up the next morning. Yeah, good for you. And, um, eat, and eat my three eggs with bacon, with toast every morning, with fruit every morning, with cereal every morning. Wow, all of that every morning. Every morning, I'm a breakfast is the most important meal for me. Yeah. So I have to. I, I, it's a must that I get a great breakfast in every single day. What do you eat for lunch if you eat all that for breakfast? I eat. A, I eat big lunches also. What's a typical lunch? Just whatever. Is, um, I take it. Well, yesterday you sound pretty regimented for breakfast. I yesterday guess. Yesterday while I was up in Connecticut, I ate um, some fried shrimp. I ate a burger, some fries, and a salad. Ooh. Well, obviously you're still working out because. That, you see these guns. Because, you know, with that for lunch, you know, that can go right to your mid mid section there. I just did 275 the other day. Did you really? Five reps on bench. Yeah. It's awesome. Strong, you look man. like you're in great shape. Appreciate that. You smell good, too. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how I should take that. You watch your mouth over there. <laughs> um, all right. So before the big shiny lights of... Uh, ESPN. What, you, you mean these shiny lights these, in here or the other shiny lights? Yeah, the shiny lights are bird noises. There you go. Um, oh, that wasn't. You grew oh, I'm sorry. I messed that up. Say, say it again. Well, we, the, just, say bird noises again. just say play. bird noises again. Bird noises. There we go. There that we was go. Better. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, you grew up in a, I want to say, really small town, Jonesboro, Georgia. We call it the. It's two ways to pronounce it, okay? Jonesboro. Oh, no, no, no. Just relax. Just okay. relax here. Right. We call it the South Side, or okay. like Two Chains likes to pronounce it, and everybody else who's from there in the hip hop culture, mm -hmm. South S O U F Side South, South, South Side. Side. Well, you grew up in the South Side of Atlanta. Of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Population forty-seven twenty-four as of uh, twenty ten census. Not a big town, but no. you just mentioned. Two chains. Yep. And I was looking at notable people that have come out of Jonesboro, Georgia, south side of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of surprised. Why? Because the list is pretty pretty impressive for- Tell the people the list. Give I'm, them the list. Well, Give them the list. Dan Cathy, CEO of Chick-fil-A. Um, I'm actually close with the Cathy's. I'm cool. I went to high school with the, uh, with the, with the grandkids of True Cathy. Oh, wow. So I'm cool with Rachel, Mark, Seth. James. All well, the, the population of 4724, I expect you to know everybody in town. So, to Shard Choice. 
We played little league football together. Georgia Tech, Dallas Cowboys. I don't know where else he played. Oklahoma. Uh, he transferred from Oklahoma to come back home to Georgia Tech. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. See, but he did the uh, good thing. I'm here today. What was his What was his touchdown thing? T C T. Tamika Cottle, R and B group mm-hmm. Escape. Yep. Some guy named Harry Douglas. Who was that guy? I don't know, but he had a famous brother named Tony. I heard Tony. he's very handsome, though. That's what I heard about him. I heard his brother is pretty famous. <laughs> Tony Douglas. That's who, my best friend. Is he is still playing the Turkish basketball league? Um, he's overseas okay. right now. He's about to um, sign with somebody. What's the name of his team? Can, no, you, he, can you pronounce it? He's about to sign with somebody. Oh, we can't. If we're listening. Oh. can we? Can we <laughs> that means I news? don't need to be saying anything. Oh, okay. Oh, I got gotcha. you. There we go. I'm a little slow to the go sometimes. It's okay. We're all like that sometimes. Uh, Two Chains, whose real name is what? I call him Titty Boy. Okay. Tahid Epps. Mm. Uh, Jesse Fuller, blues, Afro-American blues musician. Steve Lundquist, gold medal winner from the 84 Olympics swimmer. I didn't know that one. Uh, ooh, I bet you won't know this one. Thomas Milton Rivers, bacteriologist and virologist. With the Rockefeller Institute of oh. the U.S. Navy, he was also a real, rear admiral. Admiral, oh, easy wow. for me to say. Cameron Sutton, cornerback for the Steelers. Yep, he went to my high school. M.J. Walker. Yep, plays at Florida State right now. Florida State. Yep, went to my high school also. Legit NBA yeah. talent. Yeah. Okay. He can play. It's pretty again impressive. Who's who? From the South side of Atlanta. And I like how you emphasize the F. You Do it one more time for me, please. South side mm. of Atlanta. So DJ Shockley is from the South side also. He's, he he does uh, Falcons Audible among a lot of other things right now. Yes. He's another rising star in the TV ranks like you. Yes. Um, so you Actually, look, can I speak on that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. DJ actually, um, like the, the uh, get it out your mouth, Harry. Ugh. The it's blueprint. Okay. We understand. He laid the blueprint. For so, you. Yep. I seen the way Shock did things. He started from the bottom, worked his way up, um, was dedicated 100%, worked hard, did everything he could to get great at what he does. He's a good dude. And for me to grow up with Shock, and we both play professionally, we both go D1 college and, and do what we did, and now we're both into the same uh, career when know, it comes to cool. the media world. Yeah. Um, I thank him. I, and we literally, when I was coming back from Waco, I had to. we had to fly from Dallas back to Atlanta. We, was, we were on the same flight. And he was calling the game down there in Lubbock, the Texas Tech game. Yeah, Big 12. And Big I just 12 told football, and I, and I, t- I literally told him, I said, man, you, you, you laid the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And you showed me how to go about the business, how to do things. And, awesome. I, and I thanked him for it. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yep. I've said that a couple of times, but he really is. He's a good good person. Um, so coming out of Jonesboro High, mm-hmm. you were a multi-sport star. Speak, um, on, speak on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you uh, Your senior year, I think you caught 40 passes for 831 yards, seven touchdowns, first team all-county, honorable mention all-state. Clayton Daly, or Clinton News, Clayton News Daly Southern Crescent Super 11 squad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you also played baseball and basketball. Yep. You're a pretty good basketball player. Baseball was probably my best. Is that your love, first love? Football is. Football is, okay. Because um, you hear, I've talked to a lot of guys, and they're like, well, I, my first love was this sport, but. But you got you to gotta go with what you love and where your heart is. Yeah. And for me, football gave me an opportunity to release a lot of anger. Okay. So you can literally take your aggression out on, yes, the, you can. on the football field. So that was the best place for me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I, you know, it's if you're playing basketball and you're mad, you can't really tackle anybody. No. Um, so coming out, mm-hmm. we all know you went to Louisville. And I'm so glad you pronounced it right. Louisville. Nothing irks me more than people saying, oh, you went to Louisville. You went to Louisville. Louisville. And I asked them, what college did you go to? Yeah. Pronouncing it like that. Yeah. It is Louisville. Louisville. Good school. Good Great program. Job. And uh, 
broke my heart, like I, I mentioned, when you guys were in the Big East. Hearts are meant to be breaking, though. I know. We had a good run, though. Rich That's Rod, part of life. Rich Rod, <laughs> Rich Rod in the Big East. Um, what other schools uh, recruited you? Um, a lot of them. Uh, Texas, Ohio State, South Florida, um, Georgia. Georgia gave me my first offer my junior year in high school. That must have been tempting. Um, not really. You wanted to get out of Georgia? <laughs> I did, and I grew up, my mom went to UF, my dad's from Gainesville, Florida, so I actually grew up a Florida fan, and I always wanted to play for Steve Spurrier. But when I came out of high school, he was not there. Oh, wow. Okay. The old ball coach. Yeah. Pitt? Yep, Pittsburgh. How come West Virginia didn't recruit you? Uh, I don't know. They wasn't smart enough. Apparently not. <laughs> you know, I they I, wasn't smart I can, enough. I can be critical. Of my Shame on you. And then but. I actually knew somebody and grew up with somebody, Pac Man Jones. So me and Pac Man play AAU basketball. My dad coached him in basketball. So Pac-Man he was at my house a lot, a and he phenomenal. was actually up there at West yeah. Virginia. So I don't yeah. even know why they didn't. I don't know either. He had a phenomenal career at WVU. But I mean, it worked out for me because at the time it was Steve Slayton and Pat White. So they wasn't passing the football like that. No. No, you're right. It's a good deal. So smart me. Smart you. You get to Louisville. Um, nice career, especially your last two years there. Um, sitting here looking at your stats. You guys, uh, um, you talked about the big, you guys, your I'm biggest, what, was your, what was your biggest win there? Uh, the biggest win there was actually my junior year to Orange Bowl. Uh, we beat Miami. My mm-hmm. junior year, mm-hmm. we West Virginia on that Thursday night. Yeah, lost uh, to Rutgers a lot. We had we week. had a lot of, a lot of big wins. But I, I'll tell you this: so while I was at Louisville, and this is why I tell I try to tell young kids all the time, young men, it's not about where you're at at the moment. It's about where you, where you want to go, and how hard you want to work to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So at Louisville, I was literally the last receiver on the depth chart. My freshman and sophomore year. Is it true? I looked at your scouting profile. Mm-hmm. Is it true that you showed up at Louisville weighing 148 pounds? It was. I was smaller than that. Wow. I was 5'8", 125. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. Wow. 5'8", 125. So, yeah, they must have looked at you and said, you must. So, so <laughs> explain how you went from somebody that looked like they're in middle school. Well, I mean, it, it it was all hard work. One 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 person I definitely can give a lot of credit to is Paul Petrino. He was my it was Bobby Petrino's little brother. He was my receiver coach and our offensive coordinator. He's the head coach at Idaho now. Mm-hmm. But Paul worked with me every day. He pushed me every day. Um, he always taught me to be thankful, never to be satisfied, and that's basically how how I started playing. He. He taught me don't just learn one position, learn everything because mm-hmm. you never know what may happen. And that's actually how I started to play. We had a guy named Broderick Clark, and I think the year before Broderick led like NCAA in kick return yards. Mm. And Broderick was our in the NFL. You call it the effort slot receiver. He was our W. Broderick got hurt on kickoff return, so that's actually how I started playing. Otherwise, I don't even play till my junior year. Wow. So in forty six games at Louisville. You started 19 games, caught 173 passes, which at the time was fifth in school history, 2,924 yards, which is second in Louisville history and Big East history, Mm -hmm. had a 16.9 yard average and 15 touchdowns. You also carried it 19 times for 162 yards, which is pretty good average, 8.5. Had a score on the ground, and you had 18, as you mentioned, kickoff returns, a 19.7 average, 16 yards on six punt returns not not a great average there but you also registered 17 tackles 13 solo and recovered a pair of fumbles that's pretty darn good man for a (laughs) guy that showed up but you're forgetting the best the best things that should be on the list it's that's why you're here all right so let me explain it to you let me explain it to you and which one is my camera this one right here yeah let me explain it to you and let me explain it to the people because i am a man of the people (laughs) So I also had uh, two 200-yard games, hmm. and that's the uh, I'm the only person at Louisville to ever have that against and, two. Uh, Kentucky. It was like the first game of the year in it's Syracuse. A big rivalry game. Yes, and they were ranked. I think it was the time they were ranked. I think we were in the top ten. I think they were like twelve or thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. 
Who was their coach? You remember? Was it was it Hale Mummy or anybody? Was it? No, it wasn't him. Who was their coach? That's all right. I can't even remember. I That's didn't even right. care. Nothing Doesn't about matter. Kentucky. You won though, and right? And then uh, we had the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And at the time, mm-hmm. it was a record for ten catches, one hundred sixty-five yards. Oh, okay. That was Syracuse. No, that was against uh, the Orange Bowl against uh, Wake Forest. Oh, Wake. Yep. Okay. They had beat Tech in the ACC championship game. Gotcha. Because I wanted to play Tech. Because my best friend played for Tech, and he played DB. Who was it? Jamal Lewis. So I literally wanted to line up against him and beat the brakes off of him. That would have been great. That would have been amazing. All right. So you, uh, I just want to segue. I wanted to talk a little bit about college and, and where you grew up in Jonesboro and that whole story. Because when I saw how much how small you were coming out, uh, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. But it's um, a, it, was, uh, it was a mentality, though. Yeah. Because size doesn't matter. If yeah. your mentality, if you believe in yourself, it's hard for people to believe in you first if you don't believe in yourself that you can do things. That's a great point. But you you got to have the the mentality that you can do anything and get anything done. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with the vision. The Bible says, "Where well, there's no vision, the people will perish." Mm. If you don't have a vision for your life, you'll stand for anything. People can get you to do anything. You got to know your purpose in life, set goals, but the most important one, you have to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I like that. Comfortability stri- um Drives complacency. Yeah. No, I love that. Uh, Just starting this podcast, I was uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, So you end up a a third-round pick, 84th overall. Yes. That's pretty awesome. You go to, of course? My hometown team. The Atlanta Falcons. Hometown team. What was that like? What was that like? It was... What um, was that like for your family? I don't even know if words can describe what that was like. And my mom, so my mother, I'm a mommy's boy. Sorry. Both of my parents, I love both of them. They're Me the reason too. why I'm here today. But my mom, my mom actually envisioned it. She told me before I had a draft party at Hooters because I want to look at Hooters, of course. And my mom, to- <laughs> my mom told me, <laughs> she was like, you're going to come home and play. You're going to be here to play. And I was like, okay, whatever, mom, let's go. <laughs> yeah. What are the and, chances? Um, the Atlanta number called my, my cell phone, and I was like, what is really going on right now? Did you, now be honest, did you have any indication at all that they were interested? No, because when, how I got on their radar was from when Coach Petrino was here. Okay. And him talking about me so much. And then when they came, I didn't even have a scheduled workout for the Falcons. They came to work out That's Brian, ask Brian Brown, my quarterback. In college, because they were trying to decide Brom, Matt Ryan, other quarterbacks who to take, and I was halfway home. I was in Nashville, driving almost home, and he called me, asked me, "Could I catch for for him?" And I was like, "Sure, I catch for you." I turn back around, I go catch for him, and snagging it, throwing that thing all, uh, catching it all over the They're place. Like, who's that guy with <laughs> the hands that doesn't drop? And Coach anything. Malarkey actually came to me. He was like, "Let me ask you a question." Who can guard you in the NFL? I said, nobody. It was like, who can guard you in the NFL? And I was like, I said, no one. <laughs> Mike Malarkey, the OC. And then here. they called and tried to get me to do a. Um, at, time, at the time. Another uh, workout. And I was like, no. The workout went too, too, too well. I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. It's pretty cool, man. So you get drafted by the Falcons. Yeah. You're here for the entire Mike Smith era, correct? Yep. Uh, and it, what's what's crazy is your OC from 20, 2008 to 2011 is Malarkey. Yeah. And then after that was Dirk Cutter. Mm-hmm. Go figure. And then you leave Atlanta. We'll talk more about Atlanta in a second, but you, you signed with uh, Tennessee. Coach Malarkey had a lot to do with that. If um, And he was coach from 2015 He played a major part in that. Um, I either wanted to go to Tennessee, Tampa, where Dirk was, uh, uh, Oakland, where Bill Musgrave was. Okay, and that's uh, that was one of our quarterback coaches here when we first when I first got here from Matt Ryan. You wanted to go where you knew somebody. Yeah, trust. Yep. Okay, it's big when it comes to this league. Interesting. It's just and it's just so interesting too because with Malarkey and Cutter back now, it's so a lot of plays that you see ran out there on their field. When I'm watching the games, yeah. I can call majority of them out. That's crazy. Literally. They haven't changed it that much. Is that what you're saying? Well, they changed some of the terminology. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I still know the place. You, uh, 
you had a pretty good, uh, well, you tell me, what do you think of your career here? You had, I know one year you didn't, you missed, right? You were. Yeah, I tore hurt. my ACL, MCL, meniscus, bone fracture. Wow. Left or right knee? Left. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Injuries happen though. Yeah. I never looked at it as, oh God, why me? I actually had surgery the day before my birthday. So on my birthday, I was healed up. So I looked at it as a birthday gift. And every card, everything that people had sent me, fans, the whole nine. Yeah. I took everything that down, down in my room and I thumbtacked every card that people sent me and put it all around my room. So every morning I woke up. That's what you saw. I had no pity and I seen those things. So it motivated me even more to get back on the field. I love that. And you did. And you had, uh, your well, your best season was 2013, I would oh, say. Oh, look at right? you. Yeah. 1,067 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Oh, Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about your Atlanta career. Yep. Cause I've got before I get to into some uh some questions. Oh, okay. Uh that Mike Jenkins helped me with. You don't scare me. You're gonna be scared a little bit. You should be on guard here. You heard bone crushing TI. I ain't never scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who did let's just kind of go through a little rapid fire. We'll call this uh bird droppings. So go. I'll drop something and you 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 catch it. Uh, who'd you learn the most from here? Oh, that's a tough one. I know you referenced Tony G just a second ago. But that's not who I learned the most from, though. Okay. I will have to say um, Brian Finneran. Interesting. I'm going to bring him up in a minute. Uh, who would you consider, what would you consider, sorry, the high moment of your entire NFL career? I would say the high moment... Doesn't have to be your best game. Of my um, career was the win against Seattle when we played them in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. To seal that win and to be able to have a play to help get down the field for Matt Bryant to kick the game with a field goal mm -hmm. was amazing. Your play again? Um, I'm not going to tell you the name of the play. <laughs> okay. But I know what the play is. Yeah. Well, no, no. I had a. Um, tell us the scenario. I, I had an out route. Okay. So. Remember the down distance? It wasn't that much time on the clock. And okay. it was about, it was, a, I'll say, a 14 to 16-yard out route. But Who was me, and Tony, you? me and Tony switched positions. Oh. We switched a bit positions so he could run the short out route so the defense can suck up to him and think that he's getting the ball. Yeah. And I ran a deep out because if he would have ran a deep out, they probably would have. Sunk back to Tony because he's Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. You know what I mean? I call a spade yeah. a spade. Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Come on. So some of the guys, you know, stupid is as stupid does because if you know game situations, you wouldn't have done that, but that's what they did. And I caught the ball, went out of bounds. Uh, I think we ran one or two more plays. Tony caught the next one, if I'm not mistaken. There are tendencies, right? You guys study tendencies. Exactly. So, But okay. game situations, uh, I, don't, I don't think people value that. It was it was game situations that we actually practice. We value every that week. here at Bird Noises. Oh, oh. There you go. Every week okay. we practice game like situations. If this happens, if A, B, C, or D happen, can we do X, Y, and Z? Love that. So you caught an out route. Caught an out route. Went out of bounds. Got hit pretty hard too. Do you remember who hit you? Almost broke my damn back. Who hit you? Who cares? I caught the ball. Saying. Because <laughs> they had some hitters in that secondary. They they did, because we had some hitters in our receiver group. I know you guys. Because if I know if if it was one group, <laughs> listen, listen to what I'm about to say. If it was one group against the Legion of Boom, yeah, that could who laid the boom against them. Yeah, it was our receiving core. I love that. Nice, I believe it too. You best to believe it, baby. All right, on the flip side, that's my quiet late night voice. So I asked you, <laughs> I asked you a high moment. You know where I'm going now. That's fine with me. On the flip side, yeah. what would you consider your toughest or low moment? Uh, my low moment, I would say uh, NFC Championship game. It's a good one. NFC I Championship mean, game. That makes sense. But yeah. that one was, um, so I, I know the exact play. It was Z-Return Wheel, and it's a play we ran millions of times. Yeah. And I actually, when I ran it, I threw the defender down, and I was like, okay, I have a walk-in touchdown. So the ball's in the air. Oh, and boy. 
I can't even see the ball in the air. Oh, boy. And all I could say, why at this moment would the ball get caught in the lights? Ugh. So at the last, very, very last, probably not even second, one-tenth of a second. I can feel your frustration just I seen this. it and happened yeah. to stick my hands out there, and I was like, I just didn't want to drop the ball. Because <laughs> it was a third down play. Yeah. It was a big third down. and Every third down. I, did, I didn't want it to go to fourth down. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say that because – and you dropped it? No, I caught it, oh. but I fell down well, when I on. caught it. Oh. It would have been a walk-in touchdown. Okay. It would have been a walk-in touchdown. You just, like, make the catch, secure the ball. Just you, make the catch and secure the ball. Get something the first tells down. me <laughs> Harry Douglas still has nightmares about this one. Well, it's it's. I'll tell you this. It's a play that I will never forget, though. That's, you know. And, and, and people ask part me. part of the like, game, right? And, yeah. I, and I'm not. I'm not scared to talk about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess that would be the one pass you wish you could have back then. Most definitely. Because that's what I was going to ask you. Yep. And now, and we also know your favorite catches. Uh, so, all right, you guys had a tough hitting. You guys could hold your own as a receiving core. But who was the hardest hitter you ever faced? The hardest hitter. Yeah, whoever hit you. Who, who hit you the hardest? Were you just like, I don't want to face that guy again? Or I know. James Harrison I, and Lamar Woodley. Okay. I literally had the ball one time, and somebody was holding me up. And oh I don't know if it was Lamar Woodley or James Harrison. And you can ask Rob. All you hear was, hold his ass up. Hold him up. So imagine me being as small as I was, hearing somebody say, hold him up. Hold his ass up. I'm trying to get down as as quickly as possible, but somebody's trying to hold me up. That just sounds frightening, just knowing that James so Harrison is coming. I'm trying to get down as quickly as possible. I mean, that man can lift cars. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oof. All right, so I'm going to ask you about an uncomfortable moment. Mm -hmm. Just because you're on all the shows. Yeah. And just because lately uh, – you bring up Harrison Steelers. Yeah. Did you see the Miles Garrett incident? Yeah. Well, we were talking about this, mm -hmm. and you were involved in an incident, but you're, in your case, though, it was 100% legal. Yeah. Talk about the block on Chris Harris. Yeah. Is it When you look think back at that one, Yeah. do you, do you wish you'd done anything differently or not? No. I didn't think because so. I'll tell you this one thing people you, understood you about caught, you caught a lot of flack for that well and I didn't care about it either yeah. one thing people if you knew me you knew how I played the game of football mm -hmm. I don't take plays off I'm gonna play to the whistle I go hard I'm gonna do everything I need to do for my teammates mm -hmm. it was a 100% legal play yep it was he was a grown man looking me another grown man in my eyes he yeah. just happened to be loafing on the play Yeah, I and I wasn't it. I watched it and if you if you look at the play, you look at the run. If Derrick Henry breaks one tackle, mm -hmm. he's now coming right beside me. Yeah. So I, I'm not gonna let my man make the tackle. Point blank. Period. Well, speaking of blocking DBs and drop passes mm -hmm. and drop TD passes, mm -hmm. Mike Jenkins says no cuts if you didn't cut a DB. Body language after a drop pass. <laughs> you know where I'm going with Classic, this, right? Classic, I sure do. Uh, and then off the field, you know, kissing in the club if you were single, sagging pants. Sagging pants. So there was a little bit of a fine system that yes. Michael Jenkins... A uh, fine system I definitely used to love. He said that uh, it was quite a... Uh, when, <laughs> when you guys held court, it And we was most definitely can't even name all the stuff that was on the list because it is definitely <laughs> not uh, TV appropriate. Yes. Or microphone radio appropriate, so we cannot even name everything that was on the list. And all all money went to, I'm sure, charity. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, do you remember? Do you, what do you remember about that fine system? That uh, um. You, was there anything that you ever were fined for that maybe when you guys were holding court? Oh yes, because Brian Finneran has the list. <laughs> I'm told. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm crying laughing right now. I'm so uh, what was your worst fine, Harry um, Douglas? You don't have to say the dollar amount, but you can just say what, not, what it was I'm you not, did. I'm not saying that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got fined. Um, we all got fined a lot. Okay. 
and I know my rookie year. <laughs> the if weirdest I, if one, I open the weirdest my mouth, one, though, was and I get, I get it was it, the body language thing. But yeah, but well, because body language, I think it's an important part of sports. Yeah, um, especially if you're a leader or people are watching, young kids are watching on TV. Yeah, like let's just say I'm a receiver. Okay, you go out for a pass. Say the quarterback missed the throw. If you threw your hands up or at like. Oh, that Come on, get, quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to show up. We're going to find your ass a lot of money yeah. in that meeting room. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you doesn't know you don't know what that quarterback had to go through back there in that pocket. Okay. You got yeah, guys, I get that. You got yeah. guys trying to kill you back there, so Yeah. I just I thought maybe if you awareness, we used to have awareness fines. Like if you um oh. went out of bounds on a route or you caught a ball and went out of bounds like un, un, unknowingly, we'll find you for awareness, not knowing where you're where you are on the field. That's a good one. I thought maybe if you just dropped the ball or whatever and you were mad at yourself, you'd be fine for that. But that would well, be we'll, fine we'll, for a drop ball. We'll, no, it would be fine for multiple things. Okay. If you drop a ball and then and then you show that you're mad, we're yeah. going to get you for body language. Wow. And we're going to get you for the drop ball. Wow. Okay. We're going to kill two birds with one uh, stone. Wow. That's tough. And you had to represent yourself? You had to represent yourself. Who are the judges again? Oh, everybody else in there. Okay. <laughs> Listen, court was uh court was tough. It wasn't no easy courtroom now. That's right. It hear. was not an easy courtroom. That's what I heard. All right. We used to get Roddy the most for no notebook. Mm. <laughs> we definitely used to get him for that. If he walked in without well, it if he worked walk, for him, okay. If he walked in without his playbook, we we'll see him walk into the locker room. <laughs> And we'll literally be laughing and wait till as soon as we got as soon as we got in and be like, Coach, Roddy don't have his notebook. Write him down. Roddy, go get your notebook. That's funny. Um We need that money. We needed that pot up. There you go. So Michael Jenkins also said that you had a <laughs> certain way of doing things. <laughs> so I was asking about the weirdest thing he'd ever heard in a huddle. And of course he brought you up. <laughs> yeah. Can you, you tell? Want, can you, you want to watch? Can this, you, you tell? Can go this. back and watch episode four of Bird Noises. But he talked a lot about you, and there's a lot of things he said. He, he's like, "How do I say this uh, without getting in trouble?" <laughs> so I got to ask you about this because you obviously haven't watched the episode, have you? No. Okay. We talk about weirdest thing he'd ever heard in a huddle. Oh my goodness, yo! <laughs> <laughs> so he said Harry had a certain way of doing things, and then he laughed and paused, and then he said. Uh, he said that you told the tight ends, quote, you better get your asses down when I come in motion. <laughs> <laughs> he said that you like to tap the guys on the behind. Hang on. Let me quote him. A little, oh a little low on the behind <laughs> during the play in motion. <laughs> so... Oh, Explain my. yourself. This this is well, not court, <laughs> but we also heard that Tony Gonzalez <laughs> had a way of. So it was a uh, it was a uh, maybe probably Tony little, Gonzalez, but was. Tony was wired weirdly also. You know what I mean? So um, do tell. <laughs> sometimes I, <laughs> me being me, being the the bad little brother that I was. I would go in motion, and we used to have a certain motion where we used to have to tight, tap the tight end yeah. to let him know that we're passing yeah. so he can count second sore. He can do do what he needs to do. So this particular day, There's I was like. a lot going on. There's a lot I of I said, you know happening. what? Yeah, I, I get it. I'm all, I already get on Tony's ner nerves because our lockers was right beside. It was me. I was in between him and Roddy. So oh. we used to make Tony mad on so many different occasions. Okay. That, so I said, you know explains what? Explains a little bit of it. I said, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agitate Tony in the game today. First, it was in practice. First, <laughs> first it was in practice. So I went in motion <laughs> and I tapped Tony on the butt. Okay, so this is just a, this is a reoccurring thing. <laughs> it only happened twice. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tap Tony on the okay. butt. So in the middle of play, he stands up. What the? Yeah. Beep. <laughs> And we're all dying laughing. So I told Tony, the fact that you showed me that you're upset in the game, when I go in motion, I'm going to do the same thing. So you better get your butt down. Mm. So literally, you see on film, 
When I go in motion, him sitting on the ground, Tony definitely <laughs> sinking his butt on the ground, like to his ankles, and I'm crying, laughing while I'm going in motion, like I'm laughing as hard as I possibly can. Who are you guys playing? Do you remember? I don't even remember. Okay, I don't even remember at all. That is a good one. Uh, <laughs> I texted Michael Jenkins before the show. Listen, today. when I mean we were we were crying in the meeting room, watching that film. Literally, we were crying watching that film in the meeting room. Well, he said I had to make sure I asked you that today. <laughs> but I, I think it's only fair. So I'm going to ask you, yep. what is the weirdest thing that Harry Douglas ever heard in a huddle, sideline, that you just didn't expect? And if there's nothing, there's nothing. It doesn't have to be from my team, does it? No. I literally heard somebody tell somebody they would kill them. Like during literally. the game? No, after the game. Oh, thanks. And I was looking like, dude, is it that serious? Is like, it? what would make you say that on the football field? Wow. I'm looking like, okay. That is a little jarring. Very disturbing. Yes. Very, very disturbing. Uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. It's like, bro, it's not that serious. No. You're just mad. You're getting your ass whooped. Take it like a man. Take it like a man. <laughs> Take it like a man. It's a great segue. Speaking <laughs> of a man, I had Jesse Tuggle on. Uh, Ooh. Not last week. because we The hammer. The hammer. And, uh, boy, he's got a great story. But uh, we were talking about this season, and he said he pointed to um, 97. Mm-hmm. Falcons started off that year with a 1-7 and seven mark. Mm. And then he had some choice words for the team. And he's not a big rah-rah guy. And uh, Chuck Smith was talking about it too, but they went six and two down the stretch, finished seven and nine. Next year they went fourteen and two. Super Bowl. Broncos. Dirty Bird. I went to the game actually as a kid down in Miami, South Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So this team, as you know, mm-hmm. and you're you're covering this team now, and uh, you know this team intimately. You know their coaches intimately. You played with guys that are you know still on this team. Mm-hmm. You. You probably know this team as well as anybody that's not on the team yep. is what I'm getting at. Last two weeks, come out of the bye. Dominant. What do you make of the – I don't want to put you too much on the spot here, but what do you make of – the? they've got six games left. There, it's Look, there's less than 1% chance if you do the math mm-hmm. right now, but they have a shot still. Yeah. And it's been pretty amazing the last two weeks. What do you – make of this team do you think that this team can make is it too crazy to say that this team can make a similar turnaround uh no it's not okay because when you look at the roster you have a roster of guys who are playmakers can play um guys who have been paid as such because they are those playmakers your leaders on this team Mm -hmm. and you have your complimentary players who are doing a great job you have a lot of young guys but the best thing that could have happened for these young guys this year is actually experiencing going through going through things, having that experience, and actually getting to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Guys like Kendall Sheffield. And who I actually think is doing a great job right now. He's doing a great job. And Raheem Morris going over there to coach that room I think is going to be very beneficial. Isaiah Oliver, he struggled early on. Yeah. But I would say – You see these guys just growing up. The Seattle game, yeah. New Orleans game. This game, Isaiah has turned things around. Yeah, he's made some big plays. Big strides. So the future for this team is promising. It's promising. Mm-hmm. Now, was it disappointing the way the first half of the season went? Of course, yes. That's not the way you want to be. But I think the team that you are seeing the last two weeks is the team that I imagine mm-hmm. from, from the start. So now they're at that point. And you can't rewind things. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes I, you hear people, well, where was this at? But okay, that's irrelevant. Yeah, You're a in lot the now. Of fans have been asking that. You got to live in the now. Yeah. The now is the now. You you say you want it, you want these this this thing to turn around. You want these guys to ball out, start making plays. That's what they're doing. For this defense to hold Drew Brees without a touchdown at for the, the first dome. time in his career in the dome. Was unbelievable to yeah. hold that offense to twenty five percent on third downs. It's crazy to hold uh, Carolina 
to I think it was twelve or fourteen percent on third downs. Yeah, I think yeah they were. It's unbelievable. Yeah, fourteen percent I think. So Crazy. that in my eyes, that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean by mistake or fluky. It it, it just doesn't. So it lets me know okay these guys had it in them all along. This is the team that I expected to see from game one. Well, and they got a. It's amazing they've got. Uh, and the schedule is very favorable. All their division games, second half. That's just. I said the bye week was so important because the bye week gives you an opportunity to get back to the fundamentals, get back to the basics of, fo- of football. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows coaches to view things and see things. Okay, what do we need to continue? What do what do we need to work on as coaches? Mm-hmm. And it also lets you try new things. It lets you try new things. And they've made and some tough decisions and reshuffling. And but that's what life is about, though. Yeah. And it also helped that you, coming out of your bye week, you're going against your rival, the New Orleans Saints. So you did not need – people did not need motivation. The motivation was already there to go down there and kick New Orleans, the Saints' ass. Yeah. So when the motivation is already there, it was the perfect situation and, and couldn't have come at a perfect time. Yeah, you know, they uh, they uh, not only went down there and kicked the doors in and beat them. And you can say it. Don't be scared. Kick the – yeah, I'm not scared. I'm just – I'm not going to fire you. Our, our producer over there, is, he's already got enough beeps to, to put in this one. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the fact that they went into Carolina um, <laughs> and, and did what they did, the, you know – it was just unbelievable. And now they've got another NFC Southpo, a team that's got, you know, they've had their struggles this year. This is a this Rich McKay, the Don't president. Don't window dress it. Well, Rich McKay said. It's they've a valid, been terrible. Well, Jameis a, has been terrible this year. It's a, it's a validation game. They need to win this game. Right now, they the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've given up the most sacks in the NFL. Jameis Winston has 19 touchdown passes and 18 interceptions. Yeah, Think about that now. Think about that. You almost have more picks. interceptions than touchdown passes. Yeah. And it's not like you look over there, you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin, you have Cameron Brait, tight end O.J. Howard. Talent. You have, you have guys over there that can play the game of football, but things start at the quarterback position. If you can't get the quarterback position right, you're going to have the year that you're having in Tampa. So the Falcons are, you know, I – I never understand why Falcons fans complain over Matt Ryan. He is, um, he's a great one. Well, listen, Harry, that's a that's a great place to uh, to to wrap uh, bird noises up. I had a blast having you on. I hope you come back, man. You had a blast having me on what? This this podcast. What's the name of Bird Noises? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. It was great. And no, hey, thank wait, you. how is it that we have not? Man, I've been here since 2017. How is it that we've never crossed paths? It's crazy. Because you think you're too good. Is that what it is? To meet me. Yes, that's what it is. You and your little milk dud on top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, man. I can't wait to have you back. Hey, give me the invite and I'm here, baby. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man. No problem at all. Thank you. This is Harry Douglas, former Falcons wide receiver, and you're listening to Bird Noises.